0: Banning the Nerdosphere, talking about everything you want to hear. From comics to cosplay, from the cinematic
1: universe to fan films, and everything in between. It's time to get Down and Nerdy. Here are your hosts, James Witham and Nick Battaglia. It's episode 49 of Down and Nerdy, where right now we are a couple of guys at the mercy of Killer Frost, Mr. Freeze, and Captain Cold right now.
0: Dude, I'm not going to lie, so I'm sitting in my living room right now on my floor, and uh, the thing is, here's the thing, I, I I look like the old grandma that you go visit when she has the blanket over her legs. I do, I have the same thing
1: going on right now, seriously. I'm not on the floor, but I have the exact same thing going on, the giant blanket draped over my legs for some reason. Yeah, like a shawl, pretty much. But I am the freezing James Witham alongside the... St- Ever so slightly colder,
0: Merc with one arm, Nick Battaglia here as well.
1: And because, you know, we're on the East Coast and we're in a bit of a cold snap right now, it's the coldest weather we've had, I think they said, in 20 years or something (laughs) like that. And I know that, you know, folks in the Northeast have been, it's been rough. It's been rough for a lot of people who are
0: on the the Eastern
1: side of the country.
0: But when you live in the Northeast, though, you know what you're getting. It's kind of like when you date somebody who is like a total bitch or a total, you know, douche, you know, what you're getting into, you know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? It's like oh, yeah. you're dating, you know, it's like, like I said, it's like, oh, I want to date the bad boy. Well, you know what you're getting when you're dating the bad boy or the bad girl. You're kind of stomping all over my uh, Fifty Shades of Grey review there coming up. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> we'll be talking about that here in a couple of minutes. Yeah. But uh, we wanted to start things off because we are now less than a week away. From our 50th, 50th episode.
0: I know, man. It's it's coming up. Next week's the show. And, uh, you know, it's really awesome. Cause we've got some people coming out there. And uh, they're going to be – I just can't wait. I mean, that's the thing is that I think there hasn't really been a show that I've done or like a live event where we've actually really had people are saying – Oh my God, I can't wait. This will be the perfect way to end my Wednesday night kind of thing, you know?
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be a great time. Half-price gaming at Dave & Buster's in Virginia Beach while we're there. We're doing the Great Nerd Debate. You can go to our event page, which you can find on facebook.com slash Nerdy, and find out what the topics are for the Great Nerd Debate. We've already got people that are interested in competing in a couple of topics. There's going to be prizes from Dave & Buster's. And actually, um, trying to get uh, another big prize for one of the debates... Uh, we'll see it look, could be star Wars related. Yep. Uh, we haven't quite pulled the trigger on that yet. So we'll let you know, uh, on the Facebook page, if that happens as things get closer, but, but a lot of great things are going to happen. I mean, it's just going to be not just for the great nerd debate. We've got the folks from Tidewater comic-con coming in to talk about the, the May show. Of course, you know, we're going to be a part of that, uh, later on as well. Just so much great stuff going on. I just can't wait for our, for our 50th.
0: And again, I just wanted to give a big shout-out to David Busters again because this is just, it's a huge event. Our, you know, our biggest, you know, it's our first, we've done live shows before, but I think this was our biggest live oh, yeah. show. Oh, because yeah. really, this is our own thing. Because if you think about it, like our first live appearance we did over at uh, Bob's or at Fantasy Scape, Fit Comics and cards in Virginia Beach. We did that for Free Comic Book Day. It wasn't like this is our own thing. Right. Then the next thing was Tywater Comic Con. That wasn't our own thing. This is our own thing. And for them to come up and just say, "Hey, we're in," you know, it's it's really awesome. They've been nothing but supportive. Sam has been awesome. Uh, you know, I talked to him actually last week, uh, um, uh, or a couple weeks ago actually. And uh, no, he's all pumped and jacked for it. And I can't wait.
1: I mean, just keep an eye on our Facebook page and on the event page because we might have a couple surprises coming up for giving away more of those $20 gaming coupons for Dave & Buster's because at some point we're going to blow them all out. Now, we want to let people know that Dave & Buster's did say they're not eligible for the night of the event because it's half-price gaming already. But what you can do, they said, is come in the day before, a couple days before, load up your card with the coupon, and then you'll have for forty bucks, you'll have eighty dollars worth of gaming. Which I, which thanks for those guys for pointing that out. That's an excellent way to do it.
0: It's it's really awesome. It's a way to get more people in the doors. And like I said, it's really, really cool. Uh, you know, so like I said, David Butter's, they've been awesome. I can't wait for us live event. And I'm gonna let people know actually what the three topics are. Okay, so go way, ahead. Yeah. Well, so that way if they want to, if they're listening, they want to get involved and they want to do it, they can let us know. They can email us uh, at downnerdypodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at downnerdy 757 Um or again, hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash downnerdy. So we got three topics uh we're gonna have two people per each debate and the first one is going to be who shot first han or Greedo?
1: yeah that that had to happen
0: that had to happen second one is going to be well, we ha- the second and third we haven't really decided yet in the order but let's just go with the second one anyways uh ps4 versus the xbox one console yeah, one
1: and that's how much of a raging nerd debate has that been
0: a huge one and if you want to see the last one james feel free
1: Yeah, the last one is going to be plucked from one of our very own episodes. Who is your superhero, Mount Rushmore? Because, you know, things got a little dicey when uh, when we were doing that on the show. So we figured, yeah, maybe that would be a good time to bring that back up.
0: I'm so hoping that somebody says Captain Planet. I would love that. I'm going to go full on Scorpion if somebody says Captain
1: Planet. (laughs) It's not going to be pretty. There's going to be flaming skulls and 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 whatever the hell that thing is that comes out of his hand that, that yeah that's it's it's gonna happen
0: <laughs> oh but those are gonna be the three topics that we're gonna talk about of course we're gonna do that first and then we're going to have our regularly scheduled show that we're gonna be doing live from david buster's and from studio audience as well
1: yeah we're gonna have all the regular stuff that you're used to seeing from the show you know Hey, this week's a perfect example of what we're reading. We're going to have this week in Geektainment, which is going to be the special Tidewater Comic-Con edition of this week in Geektainment. And, of course, our nerd news. How could you not have nerd news? And I expect everybody to yell nerd news, too. Exactly. Like we do. I expect it to be a full house of people yelling nerd
0: news. So just
1: I, be prepared to yell a little bit.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, get those pipes ready, people. But, again, now that's going to do it for our talk about Damon Busters. Now let's get to, of course, what we did this past weekend. Now, James, before we get to your disappointing seeing in theaters, <laughs> let me go over what happened on Friday. So we uploaded the show uh, last week. We uploaded the show on Friday. And again, four straight weeks of a 100-plus downloads.
1: Yes, uh, th- and thank you guys so much for that again. And hopefully, you know, this one, and then if well, I have no, no doubt Dave and Buster's is getting – that episode's going to get there easy. But but again, thank you guys so much for, um, for just – Showing us how much you appreciate the show, this has been an incredible last month of shows that you've shown your support for. We appreciate that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's been awesome. So, so the downloads are up. Everything's awesome on our end. And then so I had my best friend of, oh, God, um, 19 to almost 20 years, like 20-something years. Uh, he came down to visit from New York. He actually uh, uh, had a, a training for his job in Maryland, and he called me up and said, hey, I'm thinking about coming down to Virginia beach and taking a visit. Sure. So he came down for a couple of days, stayed at my place. Um, and it was, it was fun. We had, I hadn't seen him in like a couple of years, if not a year. And it was just, you know, we went, we went to see the, went to see the Kingsman, which was a great movie. Oh my God. I will get more into that in a second, but no, it was just fun. You know, I hadn't seen him in a while and just talking and everything like that. And no, it was really, really cool. So I had a friend come visit me from out of town and, like I said, it, it was awesome to see him and just hang out and get something to eat, and it was it was really really fun. Now you, James, of course, say that it was Valentine's Day, and um, well, go ahead.
1: Yeah, and so my wife wanted to go see Fifty Shades of Grey. She's read all the books. She wanted to see what the movie was like. So I'm like, you know what? Fine, I got no problem with that. I talked about it on the show last week. I'm like, you yeah, know, let's find out what the big fat hairy deal is. <laughs> so first thing I. Uh, <laughs> First thing I observed was, we got there, we got there pretty early, and um, you because know, we were worried that it was going to be sold out. We wanted to make sure we get the tickets, so that wasn't a problem. We get in there. The theater wasn't really full, so I'm looking around and saying, huh, I wonder if this is going you know, to bomb, if this, is, if this movie's not going to do as well. Turns out people were just waiting until a little bit later to show up, because I guess when you're going to see Fifty Shades of Grey, you don't want to come too early.
0: Oh, so um, wow. and you so, said that jo- you said that joke to your wife, and she had the biggest laugh and smile on her face, didn't she? Yes, yeah, she did, and of
1: course, every guy that walked into the theater had this same kind <laughs> of waiting Walk- to be executed look on his face
0: <laughs> like he was just walking it's like the end of the green mile where you this know man, this blank stare dead man walking kind of thing <laughs>
1: so um uh. that was pretty funny and, and then i start laughing at that and people are probably wondering why i'm a psycho and, and i'm laughing but that's that's uh why <laughs> so well
0: that, well that and i don't think it was the fact that part of what happened because i had not go see the movie i think the other part was like oh man i know i'm gonna go home she's just gonna Oh, I gotta hide all the spoons and wooden, you know, crosses and everything else in the house now because she's just gonna want to just. Oh, it's it's off limits when we get home. Now, as far as the movie
1: is concerned, I won't get. It's not gonna be a full review or anything. So I'll be like, no, I'm hitting stop now. No, I'm just gonna get a couple of things out of the way. First of all, I don't really see what the big deal is. I didn't think it was all controversial and everything as everybody else thought it was. I I. Wasn't a cinematic masterpiece either. (laughs) I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I don't see what the big deal was. I mean, there was a contract. She kind of knows what she's getting herself into. He says every 15 minutes in the movie, basically, that he's not a good person. And yet, here they are every time kind of thing. The stuff that they did in the movie, I guess I could see where some people would think that that's messed up. But hey, you know, whatever you're into... That, that whatever you want to do in your in your own time, as long as you're not breaking any laws, <laughs> you, that that's fine with me. It doesn't affect my life. So if you want to get a little kinky with it, hey, knock yourself out. I'm not gonna judge you for that. But here's the thing that kinda of bothers me a little bit. And it's it's like I understand this is a different subject matter, but it's just funny to me that, you know, we often get criticized for the stuff that that we like being strange and out of the ordinary and ridiculous. <laughs> right. And yet, how can we turn around and do the same thing for something else? Now, granted, this is not my thing. I'm not suddenly, you know, E.L. James's BFF or anything like that. But I'm just saying, you know, if, if you don't know, we've said this a million times. This was kind of the point of what I was about to say. If you, do, if you haven't read the book or if you haven't seen the movie, then you shouldn't say anything. Because it's really not, a lot of the stuff that people are saying, and I've seen on social media, doesn't actually happen. At least not in the movie. I haven't read the book. My finger has not touched a single page (laughs) of this book series, and it never will. So, all I can go on is my experience in the movie. It wasn't as bad as all that. It was actually funny in a couple spots, which I did not expect. Basically, there was a scene where she drunk dials him from a bar. Mm -hmm. And it was hilarious. It really was funny. And the way she kind of screws with him throughout the movie, knowing he's this dominant, take charge guy, and she really screws with him a lot. So that's kind of funny because, you know, we've all known that person that thinks they're all that and thinks that they're the, you know, the big man on campus kind of thing. And, and then when people screw with them and make them upset, that's funny. So that, that was funny to me. The fact that they would do that, but I mean, was it a, was it a movie made for women? Absolutely. It was. Is this something that any guy is going to go see and be like, you know,
0: that was a really good movie. No. Did they they give you ponchos? Like, as if they were giving you 3d glasses when you walked into the the door,
1: it was funny that, uh, the floor was not sticky. So that was, that was a plus. I was pretty happy about that. Um, no, everybody laughed at the end of the movie and I don't know why. I don't know why uh, everybody laughed at the end. It was kind of like a like a cliffhanger ending because you know they're gonna make more movies kind of well, like kind like hunger games you know there's gonna be another one so they kind of yeah. leave you leave it leave you hanging mm-hmm. uh, well in
0: this case literally but um, <laughs> <laughs> just leave her leave leave her a suspended animation on St Andrews cross
1: although I gotta say that the amount of time that she spent naked on the set of this movie I, I gotta tell you she's she must have gotten like a cold. Or walking pneumonia or something, because, wow. She's, Qu-
0: there was only like 20 minutes of sex in the whole movie, by the way. Qu- question. With all the nudity on her end, were there women that were yelling, We want to see the penis! We no. want the penis!
1: No, thank, thank God there was not any of that. Although,
0: not, I, I saw a lot of that on Facebook, I'm not going to lie. I'm like, then watch porn! I'm exactly. sorry.
1: I mean, he's a good looking guy. I understand why women would, would like this guy. He's a good-looking guy, but I don't need to see that. You know? Uh, maybe maybe that's a double standard. Now, you don't see a whole lot of shots of her vagina either. Actually, you don't see any, really. Uh, so it's not like... I mean, that's a, that's a ratings threshold right there. I mean, that R rating got pushed. <laughs> definitely got pushed
0: to the limit. So, so here's the thing now. After you and your wife saw the movie... Um, let's see. So seeing you know, why it was Valentine's Day, did she, uh, pull out the bat symbol and t- chain it to it like Batman did the Falcone in Batman Begins? I,
1: I have no, I've no marks of any kind. <laughs> I am, uh, I'm 100% fit as a fiddle. I have, <laughs> uh, I am, I am with, I am unscathed. I can, I can say that I, I skipped Valentine's Day with no bodily injuries
0: whatsoever. Now for your wife because <laughs> she say the same thing. Or? She she's okay. She's okay. she's back
1: to work. That the, the wrist brace she's wearing is not my fault.
0: Uh, so let's just, let's just say that I had nothing to do with it. Oh no! Oh, but in a sense, you kind of want to say, "Yeah, that was I'm the reason why." For other reasons,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's right. Something's not quite right
0: there. Oh, uh, oh God! Like Jimmy, did you grow up next to a, a nuclear power plant? so
1: in conclusion i mean i knew i wasn't gonna be a huge i did not i thought i expected to hate it i didn't right let's put it that way i had such low expectations going in (laughs) that i was actually when i walked out i was like you know what that wasn't bad right i think and i think that if if every man would do that they'd have the same reaction because it really it wasn't bad it's not my thing but it wasn't i've seen worse Transformers was worse. <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not kidding. I am imagine, not kidding.
0: Just imagine, like Mark Wahlberg chaining Optimus Prime to the top of his shed, like Fifty Shades. I uh, think. He, I think he'd have to he, do a lot of whipping to affect Optimus. He's, he's
1: whipping with an antenna. Although, didn't didn't he kind of didn't Optimus kind of do that to Grimlock? <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. So I'm not seeing the distinction there. Really. <laughs> that was one of our complaints, actually. He
0: wrote Grimlock like a Sibian. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> but I saw The Kingsman and I gotta tell you, it was awesome. I, my buddy and I went to go see it. And in a world where like now where a lot of stuff is just dark. Like, you know, there's action, but it's oh, dark yeah. action, you know. Uh James Bond, look at the new James Bond. Those are very dark compared like to the Conneries. Even oh, extremely dark, it. yeah. Um, but this is an action comedy and it was refreshing. It was like, oh my god! Now, this is directed by Matthew Vaughn, who did, you know, First Class, and oh, dude, it was so good. Like, I'm just, I was just sitting in my seat, like it was funny. The lines were great, and it was self aware of what it is. Like, you know, it they, it knew it was a spy movie because there's like a couple lines where like Sam Jackson would say, "Is this the part where you say some, you know, corny ending line as I, you know, die or whatever?" Right, Let's- right. And he's like, and the character goes, no, that's not that type of movie. I
1: like that self-aware kind of stuff. It's very Mel Brooks-ish. It's very Gallivant-esque, too, which I like.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, no, it was really good. Uh, it, was about, it, was, it was about a little over an hour and a half, almost two hours, but it was good. Like, it was, at no time did it feel laggy. It moved. It was very tense-filled. Um, it, it was really awesome. Uh, and, and, my God, the people that were in this, Michael Caine is in it. Um I'm blanking I can picture him he's in the Kings speech he was in that uh it was really really good and it was set in Britain and I really enjoyed it I say you have to go see it James I think you think the wife would enjoy it too yeah i've've it's actually on the list we were we almost went right
1: from fifty shades to see Kingsman actually <laughs> but then you know we' were both so hungry it was late so we decided to uh to eat instead which it was like ten o'clock we had to go to a restaurant
0: yeah uh, and by hungry you meant more horny I bet
1: well, a gentleman never tells. Uh-huh. Except for the last couple episodes where I did a little bit. So you just go back and listen to that and Yeah. You pretty much get the idea of what's going on.
0: Yeah, but I mean, that was pretty much like my weekend, man. It was, you know, it was just fun, just hanging out, doing whatever and you know, he went to see a movie. You know, it was very it was very active, I'll say.
1: <laughs> well, I could say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> But that's for completely different reasons, I'm guessing. Yeah. But uh, that's, uh, that's a lot of stuff that we did this weekend. And no, that wasn't this week in Geek Tame. We'll get to that and talk about Constantine a little bit later on. But coming up next it's what we're reading on Down and Nerdy.
0: Well, it's that time, boys and girls. got those long boxes because it's time to discuss what we're reading presented by our good friends over at fancyscape Comics and Cards I never go on Eragolan Boulevard. Go check out Bob. Check out his comics. Check out his figures. And, hey, he's going to be there at Tidewater Comic-Con as well. Now, we don't know what each other's read. And here's the thing, this might be one of those weeks where we may end up reading the same exact thing, but I'm going to go first, I'm going to go with my pick this week, Darth Vader number one.
1: Yep, so did I, there it is. Okay. I'm not surprised because just like Star Wars, this this was a big one and I think we both wanted to see what they decided to do with it. So why don't you go ahead and give the particulars of who wrote it and all that good stuff.
0: And that I shall, good sir. So, Darth Vader number one, of course, was published, of course, by Marvel. Now, it was written by Kieran Gillen, and the art is by Salvador LaRocca. So, for people who don't know what the plot is about, the plot takes place immediately after the events of A New Hope. The Death Star is blown up, and now we pretty much see Darth Vader having to pretty much make up for the explosion of the Death Star in a sense.
1: And also from, if you've read Star Wars number one, from the failure on the uh, on the moon base with the weapons depot there. And the envoy of Java the was, Jabba the Hutt that uh, he was the Hutt that he was supposed to meet as well. That was a big failure. The rebels almost took that moon completely down. So the Emperor is none too pleased.
0: Not at all. And the thing is, with this, I opened this book, and even though the, Salvador La Roca did the art for Darth Vader, somebody else did the art for original other Star Wars comic, the main one. The art is very similar. It's very similar. Very similar. Uh, in terms of look and everything, but it's fantastic, though. And I'll say this. When you have a person like Darth Vader who you can't see the emotions, mm-hmm. it's all in the writing. And that's why mm-hmm. I think this gets right, especially with Gillen writing this. Because there is this one line, James, you know what I'm talking about, where he's meeting with Jabba the Hut, And he's slayed all his security guards and everything else. And Jabba has this line. He says, "You arrive a day early. Early, you kill two of my guards. And you expect me to deal with you?" And Vader goes, "I've only killed two. Does that make me reconsider my generosity?"
1: Yeah, that that was a great line, and and I like the way they did the uh, the panels where he was standing like just outside of that area where he could drop be dropped to the rancor. And Jabba says, "You know well enough to stand just in the right spot." And then when he does like the force choke on Jabba at one point, that. Mm-hmm. That was bone chilling for me. I was like, "Wow, you just made Jabba your bitch."
0: Yeah. Well, the thing is, is like you know, this is this number one showed why Darth Vader. I'm gonna say this right now is the best villain in all of geekdom right now and right, ever.
1: Right now, you might. I mean, Joker is right there, but Darth Vader is definitely. I don't even know if he was on our. Wait, wait. He wasn't eligible. Yeah. For our uh, villains, uh, villains Mount Rushmore. Wasn't eligible for it. If he was, he would have been on there, but I, I totally agree. It's, especially now that we're going to get a comic book version of Darth Vader. I know that there were Star Wars comics before, but, you know, in the new era, I think that uh, we're going to be seeing a lot of Darth.
0: Oh, exactly. And the thing is, like, with this comic, you know, it looks like it be, what, like a bi-weekly or, or something like that? Because the next one's coming out the tw- next Wednesday, actually. Yeah,
1: they're going to do that with Leia, too, I believe. They're doing kind of like a... They did that with Injustice, the uh, print versions. So I've seen... The, I could see them going bi-weekly with this. The only thing that I could say that was a little bit iffy for me, as uh-huh. far as the writing was concerned, was that there were times where the interactions between Vader and the Emperor, where it seemed like Vader was making excuses right. for why he failed... To me, that just seemed a little unVader like. I don't know how you felt about it.
0: Well, here's the thing: Vader is still his apprentice, so even though, remember, this happens 19 years after, like you know, it's not after New Hope, but it happens 19 years right uh, after he becomes Vader, right? And so, like I said, he's still, in a sense, learning the ways, and as he can see. Jabba calls him a Jedi, and he's like, I now you call me a Jedi. I'm not a Jedi. I prefer the force. Uh And and the thing is, now remember, this is not a a cheap book. This is a $5 book. And you get what you pay for. You got, I thought the writing was pretty good. I didn't think it was there was points where it was weak. I mean, you brought up the point where he's making excuses, but you gotta remember the emperor is the emperor. Like he is powerful beyond all imagination. So in a sense, and we've seen this in a lot of kind of things, no matter how strong the number two is, there's always that kind of fear of my life can end at any moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just like, I mean, I know there was the whole Yes Master, Yes Master feel in the movies, and he always went along with him. You just never really saw him making excuses. He didn't really make excuses. He just dealt with people that he thought were at fault. Well, so I thought actually seeing him verbally make excuses was a little bit, little bit out of character. I'm not saying the writing wasn't good. I thought, as a whole, the writing was very good. I just thought that that was a little bit of, I I felt it was a little out of character. Just well, here's...
0: Well, here's the thing is that you see a little bit out of a character. But the thing is, remember, this is taking place between the events of the movies, in a sense. Right. So we don't see him talking to the Emperor like, hey, this is what happened. We don't see that whole this is what happened to the Death Star kind of thing. So in a sense, we're getting that behind the scenes look of what happened afterwards. So we're going to get those kind of things in a sense, even though most, if not all of his body is pretty much, you know, a, a robot. Um, it, it gave him, I think, a sense of vulnerability, a good sense of that, because I think they didn't do that if he was just like, I will not fail again, da 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 Right. Then it would make him seem, seem too powerful for the role he is. I almost you know? wanted
1: to see him do what he would do in the movies that were, wherever, whoever he blamed for the screw-up, he just goes, kills him, and moves on kind of thing, you know what I mean? But when, he, when the Emperor said that Vader was going to have to answer to somebody else, that was interesting. Yeah, I was like, "Whoa!" And then when you see the emperor with this guy, that I'm sorry, looked exactly like Deadshot. <laughs> he looks exactly like a Star Wars version of Deadshot. I'm sorry if you've seen the comic, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but I thought that towards the end, one of the chilling things was uh, him on Tatooine, and if you haven't read it yet, this is spoiler alert, where there's a massacre oh, again yeah. on Tatooine, and it was kind of drawn from the prequels a little bit. Where you saw an older Anakin massacre the T- the people that were responsible for his mother's death,
0: the Tuscan Raiders.
1: Yes, I will just yeah, I will just say that. So the art on that was amazing, and it was a bone chilling way to end it.
0: Exactly. So overall, now it's time for us to give our ratings. For me, this is a definite pull. Again, the pros are similar to the regular Star Wars run. It's very detailed. I like that. There's some parts where it had just a panel on Vader's helmet, the front of his helmet, yep. and it looked as if his helmet had some sort of emotions to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like there was like one panel where you know, the eyes on it maybe drooped a little bit. It's so maybe it show kind of like a, a scared or sad Vader in a sense. Um, and the thing is, you know, it, it's it's really really awesome. Uh I, this is a definite pull for me.
1: I'm going to say it's a definite pull for me as well. I think the art like you said very similar, very similar to the regular Star Wars run. Uh the same great opening and had that same really great feel. Uh I was you know I was a little critical of the writing in spots. Definitely a pull for me but not as good as the star as the standalone Star Wars series, I don't think.
0: That's going to do it for what we're reading this week. Come up next. We're going to be talking Constantine this week in Geek Tainment. Stay tuned. More down nerdy coming up next.
1: All right, kids, it's time to break out the leftover Halloween candy and maybe a little bit of popcorn too, because it's this week in Geek Tainment, getting spooky and talking about the finale of Constantine.
0: Well, I think you should also get out the crosses, the pentagrams, the candles, and some of the uh, summoning powder, wherever the hell it is, and
1: invite over your favorite petty dabbler.
0: Exactly. To watch the show. By the way, before we dive into this, you got that shirt. James got a new nerd shirt, everybody. It's the Constantine card on it, and I want that. Yeah, it was a—you know what? Hot topic. Really?
1: Not even kidding. I, I discount them a lot for a lot of stuff, but every now and then they've got nerd shirts that are just irresistible, and that was one of them.
0: Well, we are talking Constantine this week because last week was the uh, finale, And before we get into the finale itself, James, we actually have some news on Constantine.
1: Yeah, a little bit of breaking news that came out uh, just a few minutes ago here. We're recording this on Thursday. Of course, the show's here on Friday. So you might have already seen this, that uh, the showrunner for Constantine, Daniel Cerrone, was actually asked straight up on Twitter if the show was technically canceled. And he actually responded, and this is a direct quote from Daniel Schroen's Twitter account. He said, NBC has made some early pickups, but Constantine not canceled. We'll pitch them our plans for second season in May, then they decide. Huh. So, looks like we've got a little ways to go before we find out any kind of a decision on Constantine. So, all I can say is... We need to keep the Save Constantine movement going yeah. for as long as possible. Well,
0: that's the thing. is like you said, May. That's that's a long. It's February right now. That's a long way away. It's, that you know, is it's like, a
1: long way away
0: to make a decision like that, too. Because the thing is, like, you know, the thing is, too, and this kind of irks me a little bit. It's like, well, remember we how that we had that talk? What was it last week about it possibly going to sci-fi? It's right. like, you know, if they were moving it to sci-fi, it would be announced right now, so they can get everything else set up. They can right. do everything moving over there. Rebrand it, everything they needed to do. But now you're saying we're going to wait till May. I'm sorry people, but uh, this is a big, I'm sorry. This is a big mishandling by NBC. Well, that shouldn't be a surprise. Well, one of the big
1: wigs over at sci-fi has already said that they've, there's not been any discussion about moving the show to sci-fi. It's almost like NBC saying either it's going to succeed on the main network or we're going to cancel it, which I don't really understand. I'm not saying that that's the route they're going to go, but But based on the, based on the finale, And just the finale alone is what we're talking about right now. They need to keep this show. Yeah. I don't care what they need to do because I got to tell you, that finale might have been one of the creepiest television shows I've ever watched.
0: Yeah. That was downright creepy. Yeah. And so we dive into the finale now. And the thing is, you know, yeah, I mean, it's creepy when you have young girls. We're talking probably less than 13 years old. And they're like married to this older guy. And it's very creepy. And this girl runs off, and, you know, it's, it's a, kind of a cult setting. And it's re- it was really, really creepy. Now, of course, in the beginning of the show, too, we found out there's a bounty placed on Constantine's head. And the thing is, now, for this topic, we are going to be spoiling everything. A lot, yeah. A there's going to be plenty of spoilers, so just be prepared for that. So, spoiler alert from here on out. Um, so, if you want to fast forward, go ahead, but... Uh, we're going to start spoiling stuff left and right right now. Now, the thing is, in this in this episode, there's no Chaz, and it's pretty much just Constantine and Zed. And uh, the, the, uh, they meet with the, I can't think of his name, but he's the cop in New Orleans. Uh, Jim Corrigan. Jim Corrigan, yes.
1: And what's funny is if you see Zed looking at Corrigan, and she kind of has these visions, she starts to see him maybe as a little bit of the specter yeah that's kind of that that green aura we all know the constant defense we all know what that means so she's kind of seeing him as maybe not the full-on specter but at least the the um the aura of it that's what i'm looking for the aura of the specter is around corrigan and she ends up saying that you know she sees him dead well it's a little bit different zed it's complicated we don't know exactly (laughs) all everything about it right now but trust me it gets really complicated
0: yeah, and so they meet up with him, and they're trying to get this whole thing done. Like, again, uh, there's a bounty place on Constantine's head, and we'll get to who it is in a little bit, but they bring him back in Papa Midnight, and pretty much Papa Midnight's like, I want that bounty. It's like, what was it, $50,000 bounty on his head or something? Something
1: like that, and of course, there was some sort of uh, bartering for his his sister's soul, was it? Yeah. Papa Midnight's sister's Pepper, soul, that was yes. part of the deal with the Brewery there. Mm-hmm. So... Um, it's very interesting that he basically did... It was a uh, it was a voodoo uh, assassin that he sends after Constantine. Of course, that doesn't really work out.
0: No, no. It, it, and the thing is, like... I mean, it was freaky, too, the way that they, he had them all set up and the way the makeup was great. But that doesn't really work out the way it's supposed to. And the thing is, with the finale, this was a great finale. Oh, it was. You know, the thing is, is, like... The thing What I liked is, it didn't... Treat the, they didn't treat the finale like, okay, we're going to probably be canceled, so we're just going to close everything up now. No, no the, right. the way they end this, it's really like, because remember, the key thing surrounding this episode, or at least the past couple of them, has been somebody's going to betray you that's close to you. Right. And this is where I'm going to spoil it. It's Manny. Manny is the one who puts the hit on Constantine.
1: Which is pretty crazy. And he said, that line at the where he says, the brewery worked for me. And I was like, whoa, that's <laughs> messed up. <laughs> so that was that was a very cool line that, that he drops. I mean, you kind of, the way that Constantine's relationship with, uh, with angels and stuff is, you can't really be too shocked about that. Because he's had a very uh, strained relationship with the man upstairs. Let's just put it that way.
0: Yeah. But the way it is, where you have him flying off, pretty much with, with Papa Midnight, it's just like, well, I, I, I need season two.
1: I need it right now because. Right, and then Zed has the whole brain tumor thing going on. We need to explore that that avenue. Chaz is off with his family after that. Tra- after the traumatic events that happened a couple episodes before that, this bounty still. Well, actually, he cancels the bounty uh, at the end of the episode with Papa Midnight. Does he not?
0: Yeah, he does.
1: So the bounty's canceled, but they're still, you know, they're after Constantine now. They're like legit full on after him. And now the whole thing with Corrigan and Zed, where's yeah. that going? That I did, I gotta tell you, I did not see that coming.
0: I don't know, man. Now you mentioned Zed's tumor, and that's the thing is, you know, there's, you know, it was were a tumor, and the doctors like we gotta operate, kind of thing, and you know they get it out, and it's what's causing her visions, and it makes all this pretty much really good sense that Manny this entire time is about behind a lot of things, if not almost everything that had to do with a scribe map and everything right. else. And remember, he wouldn't fix it. No. He wouldn't fix the tumor. And he destroys
1: the scribe map as well. Yes. So those should have been clues right there that something wasn't right. So, I mean, I, I can't say that I, that I didn't suspect him, but it certainly wasn't a whole, like, I know it's going to be you kind of thing. I didn't necessarily get that vibe. But when I, you know, looking back, it's like, you son of a bitch, yeah. this stuff that you were doing, it makes perfect sense. Now, why you're the one that's behind all this and getting back to the whole storyline from the finale for a second, this whole wedding thing, Yeah. which ended up being like a satanic cult. First, you find out the girls that are actually his brides are actually dead. Yep. and It's part of some ritual or something that was creepy. But this guy. I don't think they ever give him a name. Like like Cody said in that episode before, it's like burglar. So let's just call him satanic cult guy. We can't, so, call
0: him, we can't just call him backdoor cousin fucker.
1: Well, we we could call him that too. That that would make perfect sense actually. Because wow. This dude was legit backwoods creepy. It's like when yeah. you hear it's like deliverance times a hundred creepy. <laughs> This guy was just, and the way he was tracking her down, he's like, you can run. I got all night. I'll find you.
0: Thing. <laughs> it was really
1: deep. I mean, and you're like, you're just sitting there in your living room, but like, I want to get away from this guy.
0: And I'm not even yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like, it's just really, really creepy because again, it plays off that emotion of he's the only, you're in the middle of the woods. He's the only person. It's just you and him. There's no cops. There's, you know, there's no whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, this guy's satanic. You know, it's just, it's, it's, you know, it's really, really, really dark. Like, I mean, it was, it was amazing. The creepiest part of the whole episode for me was when she
1: gets introduced to his new bride, quote unquote. Gets introduced to him for the first time. And he's like touching her face and telling her how she'd make a perfect bride. That was just wrong and that's just the thing. so
0: creepy it, it, i literally was like i, I was watching because you know I, i'm a cord cutter so i watched my stuff on hulu and i'm like okay don't hit don't x out don't x out right right i right. going oh god where's it gonna go i know it's on nbc but where's it gonna go No. I know. and
1: i let's just say this before we kind of start wrapping things up here everybody that was worried that this show would, you know, the certain, like the smoking thing wouldn't be part of it, or they'd have to downplay it because it was on network TV or NBC. You guys were all really, really wrong. And what did I say when we first started talking about this show episodes back? I said, give it a chance relax. It's probably going to be more edgy than you think. And it, it exceeded even what I expected them to be able to do.
0: <laughs> yeah. I suppose it was that one meme we had a meme Monday you created. It's like, uh, people didn't want to have him smoking. We ended up getting lit him, him smoking, heroin, satanic worship and like a bunch of other stuff.
1: Yeah. And excessive violence. I mean, some of the stuff now, when they sent that assassin after him, the way the assassin was done up, did you get like a Baraka vibe?
0: Yes, I Off did. the Assassin,
1: because I did too. I'm like, oh, are the are we he gonna have blades coming out of his arms next? That would be pretty cool. Let's send Baraka after Constantine and let the battle begin.
0: <laughs> exactly. I, I I again this was what one of the best. we're getting at that time now where shows are gonna start going on hiatus. We had the flash finale, no. we got the agent Carter finale coming up next week, I believe. Um Arrows finale, I think was it next week or was it this week it uh, was I know it wasn't this week. I think it's either gonna be next week next or the week after. Next week, I think. Uh, But no, we're getting to that, that, that part. And the thing is, this Constantine, oh my god, dude. Just in 13 episodes of stuff they did was amazing.
1: Yeah, and I know we said before that Save Constantine was a little bit of a joke in the beginning when we were like four episodes in. Not so much anymore. Keep the Save Constantine movement alive. Help us at Dan and Nerdy 757 on Twitter. Make that happen. And if you're into your Constantine fix, you can always go see Bob, Fantasy Escape, Comments, and Cards in Virginia Beach. Plenty of Hellblazer, Constantine stuff to tide you over until what we hope is, an, is a season two. But coming up next, we got a lot of nerd news to talk about. As a matter of fact, breaking aliens news from yesterday. That's up next on Down and Nerdy.
0: Well, it's so that time, boys and girls, nerds that's alike. We go around the interwebs and decide what's trending. It's look at what's trending. It's time for what, James? Nerd, nerd news. news. And our first news is actually broke last night, James. Remember how we talked about Neil Blumkamp and all the art that he did and how I talked about it and I said on a previous show, this is one of those things where it's, you know, I'm just going to leave this here and see what you did, see what you guys think of it. Well, it's official. Blomkamp and 20th Century Fox agreed to an alien deal.
1: Yep, and it looks like the Untitled Right Now project is separate from Prometheus 2, which is still actually going to be going on with Ridley Scott. Now, you know that Blumkamp's already got... He's already had District 9. He's got Chappie coming up. So I guess the question is, is A, what do you think they're going to do with this? And B, are we going to get any of the older cast of characters back? Because remember, Sigourney Weaver was in that concept art.
0: Yeah, so here's the thing. Uh, What do I think we're going to get? I think we're going to get... Uh, a direct sequel from two aliens. I think they're gonna actually going to ignore the final couple Aliens films that happened after Aliens, the James Cameron movie. Um, I think it's going to be a, a direct third movie. I don't think it's going to be a total reboot. It's going to be a continuation because from the concept art, we see you know the melted face. We see Sigourney Weaver's character. We see uh, the ship in the hangar, in the Whalen. It looks like the wh- Whalen Industries hangar. Um, so we're gonna get something like that, possibly. I think this is gonna be a big bottle film in terms of, I think an alien's gonna get loose in the whaling technology thing. Do you think
1: that continuing with the Prometheus movie and doing Prometheus 2 is their way of kind of bridging the gap to this movie, which they probably see as the more important entity?
0: Well, here's, here's the thing, um... Uh, before I answer that, actually, I'm gonna answer that question. Then I'm gonna go right to the Sigourney, we- the casting stuff. Uh, my first thing when I saw they were still doing Prometheus two part, a lot, a big part of me was kind of like, is this a smart move? Because even though they deal with pretty much the same universe, even though Prometheus is more of the prequel um, than what Blum is gonna be, because Blum is gonna take place afterwards. Part of me thinks that this is too much. I think that um, at the end of the day, yes, they're both. In the same universe, perhaps, most likely. Uh, but again, this is too much competition, I think. I think, right. Because what's going to happen is we don't know which one's going to come out first. They didn't set a release date for this for Blum camps yet. So, okay, you're going to see Prometheus 2, and then are people going to, you know, is there going to be a lot of pressure on Blum camps? to can't even tie that into something with Prometheus. That's the problem with me. Um, now, they said it's separate. But the thing is, I'm sorry, but there's still that that lineage because once you yeah. show that xenomorph at the end of the first Prometheus movie, all separate being separate from the Alien films goes out the window. Right. It's just like the Star Wars prequels.
1: You know, even when they do these new Star Wars movies, those prequels can't just go away now. Yeah. Those are there. There is canon now attached, whether Star Wars fans like it or not. There's canon attached there now. So the whole Mutaclorians, Jar Jar Binks, that is all part of this cinematic universe now. That can't go away. So what you're saying is, essentially what could be a big problem is if they go ahead with Prometheus 2 and it ends up being bad or something really just out of character happens, that could actually do something to these new movies. So I think your fear there is is justified.
0: Yeah, and you, know, you mentioned about Sigourney Weaver. Well, she said she's interested in, in doing the Blum Camp film, now she is
1: she, she going to be interested in like 2018 or 19 when this <laughs> thing could actually be coming out? That's the thing.
0: I mean, we'll see, but I think I think she'll she'll still do it. I really do. Um, I think she'll still do it. Uh, it depends on her role with Avatar and then other sequels to that. Um, but I think I think we're going to see we Weaver back. I think so. I think. Honestly, part of me thinks she wants to do this over Alien, over Avatar, I mean, uh, because it's going back home in a sense. You know what right. I'm saying? It's, right. And we've seen the concept art. I think, honestly, Blumkamp couldn't have released that concept art without her permission. Yeah, using because her it's likeness. her
1: likeness. Right, exactly. So there would have been some sort of permission there. I think that she wants to do it. I just think that. This is being planned. Seems like so far out in advance. Is she even going to be able to do this in, let's say, three years, four years? Not just because of scheduling. Is she going to be up for this? Because she's no spring chicken.
0: Right. <laughs> um, you know, CGI is a wonderful thing. So I mean, that we'll is see. that
1: is true. Yeah, that that might be a huge help actually.
0: Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm really excited about Blobcamp's film. I'm really excited. Uh, this, you know, we got the thing of with, with the concept art, and like I said, to, to piggyback on what I said in the opening statement, this is when we were first talking about the concept art. I said, you know, this is a thing where Blum Camp released it. And it was one of those things where he, it was like, I'm just going to leave this here. See what your right. reaction is. And the internet blew up over it. It was a nerd. I was on the Nerdist and everything else. Um, and people just went nuts over it. And then 20th Century Fox is like, okay, we got to make this a thing.
1: Yeah. And I think that that actually is what fueled this in the first place. That could be the whole reason why we're getting this.
0: Thank you, Twitter. Exactly. So they, thank you, Twitter. Not only did you get us Deadpool, but you also got us aliens. Well, that's going to do it for our alien story. Coming up in our next story, James, now we both are very, very, very emotional about this uh, from a, a certain standpoint. Now, this deals with Ghost in the shell. Now, before uh, I let James give his two cents, I want to give mine. I want to actually give some background about the story. So fans have gotten around to petitioning DreamWorks Studios' decision to cast... Uh, Scarlett Johansson as the lead in the live-action adaptation of the 1995 anime film Ghost in the Shell. Now, here's what the petition says. This will be word-for-word word reading. Uh, it says, fans of the iconic 1995 animated Japanese sci-fi film Ghost in the Shell have been anticipating a live-action remake for years. But now, instead of casting an Asian actress, DreamWorks has selected Scarlett Johansson for the lead role. The film revolves around Major Motoko Kusanagi, a member of Futuristic Security Task Force with tracking a mysterious hacker. The original film is set in Japan, and the major cast members are Japanese. So why would the American remake star a white actress? The industry is already unfriendly to Asian actors without roles in major films being changed to exclude them. One recent survey found in 2013 Asian characters only made up only 4.4% of speaking roles in top-grossing Hollywood films. DreamWorks could be using this film to help provide opportunities for Asian-American actors in the market with few opportunities for them to shine. Please sign this petition asking them to reconsider casting Scarlett Johansson in Ghost in the Shell and select actors who are truer to the cast of the original film. So here's my thing, okay? This is my big complaint about this. Where was the outrage over Tom Cruise in Edge of Tomorrow? Why am I bringing that up? Because in the original story, which is titled All You Need Is Kill, it's about a Japanese man named Keiji who gains the ability to come back from the dead. Where, and it takes place in Japan, where is the outrage over Liam Neeson playing Raza ghoul Ghul? Now, here's my thing, too. People constantly have said, and even in this um, thing, well, we want Asian actors to play in it. Okay, but name me somebody. And the thing is, they always post an actress, the actress from Pacific Rim, or some other thing, and they always say, what about this girl? What about this person? They don't say her name. They don't know her name. They're pointing... Out the reason why Johansson was picked. I'm sorry, but this film would not be made if it was not for a big name. The fact that people who are complaining about this and saying that, why aren't they using an Asian actress? It's, they're proving the point because you're saying, here, what about this girl who played in Pacific Rim, but even though you have Google in front of you or an IMDB, you still don't take the time to do that To put her actual name. So saying, how about this girl? You know, insert her name here. You don't do that. And plus, I'm sorry. Here's the thing, too. In the story, Motoko is a full cyborg. So why does it matter what her exoskeleton looks like? Why does it matter? I'm going to give it now to James. So she's Japanese, but she's a cyborg.
1: Yeah. Let's just reiterate that for a second. You're Japanese. It's a Japanese cyborg. So the skin itself, which shouldn't even matter, can be whatever it wants. But here's the deal. First of all, the words American remake are in this title. Born in the USA. We've got to cast the way we want to cast it. It's an American remake. It's not a Japanese film. If the Japanese wanted to make... Ghost in a Shell, and they wanted to show it here in the States, that's one thing. This is an American remake, we should be allowed to do what we want. I understand the whole Asian actors, and I think that saying that things have been changed to purposely exclude them is a little heavy-handed here, but again, so it was okay for Samuel L. Jackson to play Nick Fury, and it was okay for certain other changes to be made in movies, but the second you want to cast Scarlett Johansson in a role in a Japanese film, everybody loses their minds, and I don't understand that. Like Nick said, this movie wouldn't even be made if it wasn't for Scarlett Johansson. You need a name for something like this, because no matter what anime fans want to think, and I know there's a lot of you, anime is not well known in mainstream media. Sorry, it's just not. And certain things are changed in our geek culture, whether we like it or not, to fit mainstream audiences, so not just us will go see these movies. It's the difference between a movie making a $100 million and $500 million. You want, quote-unquote, regular people to go see this movie. And if you see Scarlett Johansson attached to it, they're gonna do it. If you want to attach the girl from Pacific Rim and you really think she could be a lead when she really wasn't in Pacific Rim, so you want to give her a leading opportunity in a movie like this... The studio's not going to take that chance. It's not like there aren't going to be any Asians in this movie. There's just not going to be an Asian in the lead role. And let's just face it. Scarlett Johansson is not Meryl Streep, but she's a good actress. This is her wheelhouse. Do you want the movie to be what matters more? The movie gets well made and is well done, or you have an Asian actress in the re- lead role. Because if you're a true fan of anything, you just want it to be a good friggin' movie. It doesn't matter the color of a person's skin that's in the movie.
0: Exactly. That's my th- big thing about this, is like I said, she's a full-on cyborg, so why does it matter what her exoskeleton looks like? Again, I brought up the whole Tom Cruise thing when they said, okay, we're going to do a movie... It's going to be called Edge of Tomorrow, but it's going to be based off of the anime All You Need Is Kill. And the thing is, it's like, there was no, I couldn't, I didn't hear anything about that when he was cast. You know, some people probably said something like, well, because, you know, it's the usual Tom Cruise argument. But the thing is, you know, it was a pretty good movie, Edge of Tomorrow. And the thing is, you know, when you look at it, again, look at a show, okay, look at a show, to, to flip the coin here, look at a show like Breaking Bad, okay, it started off in America. Look at it now. I believe it's what I think it's. I believe it's a Colombian version of Breaking Bad, yes, and they yes. cast Colombians in that show. No problem with that at all. No problem because just... it's a show. You know, it started in America. It got adapted into another country, so of course you can use the people who are from that country to represent that remake of said show or project.
1: Let's let's point at the most messed up thing about this, and that's that there's a petition. To try and get somebody removed from their job. This isn't just outrage over a casting and the keyboard warrior is going to work on Twitter. Now we're actually trying to get somebody removed from their job. How would you like it if you were a computer programmer or something. And somebody didn't like a rumor about your game. So they're like let's sign a petition to get this programmer removed from his job. You wouldn't want somebody trying to do a petition to get you away from your job. That's messed up. Scarlett Johansson's done nothing wrong. She hasn't touched anyone. She hasn't done any sort of drugs or anything like that. She hasn't done any deplorable acts. She's just an actress that accepted a role in a film that she thought she'd do well in, and I think she'll do well in. This movie could suck with or without her. I don't know. It very well could. We don't know what the script is like. None of that. But the fact that there's a petition to remove her, I think, is completely and utterly messed up.
0: That's messed up, and like I said, it's not. You know, here's the thing: why it's messed up. Again, what James said. Imagine apply that to you. Before you, if you're somebody who signed this, you need to you need to really think about what you did. Because think about it this way: no matter what job you have, you know, imagine there was a petition from somebody saying, "Hey, we don't want this person doing this job, so fire them, make them unemployed." Because remember, when it comes to acting in Hollywood. Your paycheck, you're not getting paid every day. You're getting paid per project. Now, whether the price tag of that is, if it's high or low, depends. But for the most part, you're taking money out of somebody else's livelihood. How would you feel if you were making X amount of dollars, somebody and all of a sudden these group of people decide, hey, we want you out. We're going to petition this, even though if you've been doing a good job or whatever, and we're going to mess with your livelihood? You'd be pissed.
1: This is not like trying to save Constantine or the petition that they did for that show Jericho where they sent bags of peanuts to CBS to try and save a show. This is trying to remove somebody from a role. This is not, this is not the Boston Tea Party here. This is not some sort of political uprising. It's a friggin' live action rem- It's a live action adaptation of an anime film. Okay? Right. So, should we do it stereotypical, too? Should we just make it completely stereotypically Japanese, or it's stereotypical? Uh, you know, is it, would it go the other way, too? Would the Japanese cap American version of a remake of something the Japanese wanted to adapt from America? Would that be okay?
0: Uh, I don't I, know. I don't know. And the thing is, like I said, you know, before we move on to our next story, the one thing I want to say is that, like I said... Think about it this way, too, folks. We're supposed to be giving, what, a live-action attack on Titan or something like that's coming, too? What do you think is going to happen with that? Yeah,
1: guess what? The same thing is going to happen. It might not be Scarlett Johansson. It'll be whoever. But I guarantee you the same exact thing is going to happen because whether we like it or not, these properties are hot right now. Anything in geek culture is going to be considered a hot property by studios, whether it be anime, comic books, whatever these are the movies that people want to make because they're making a ton of money but what they're not going to do is make a ton of money with an entire cast of people that nobody knows
0: exactly now speaking of a cast that some people probably won't even really know we're to our next story two casting stories pretty much coming up we have the Nightcrawler news, and Nightcrawler has been cast in X-Men Apocalypse. It's going to end up being uh, Cody Smith-McPhee, who was in the road, and he was also let me in. He's going to be playing a younger version of Nightcrawler. Uh, the X-Men Apocalypse is set to hit theaters May 27th, 2016. And moving to Deadpool... Daniel Cudmore will not be coming back as Colossus. He, of course, played Colossus throughout the X-Men movies. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was supposed to be for the upcoming Deadpool movie, but he's not coming back either. So, first off with the Nightcrawler thing, James. Now, we knew they were going to go with a younger guy. Is this the right move going with somebody who isn't really that known, in a sense, and somebody who literally is my favorite X-Men
1: I I think there is a little bit of a risk here, and especially for people like you and for like me, I've always been a big nightcrawler fan. I think there is a risk there of going with an with an unknown. But at the same time, I mean, if you take a look at the kid, if you if you actually googled his name, he's got a pretty good look. Um, I I like many of you probably saw the name and th- went who, and I did. I'm not even gonna lie; I have no idea who this kid is. I haven't seen him in anything, but now that he's been cast, it's our job as fans. To go find his work and see if, you know, maybe this is something that he could pull off. Did uh, did How many people knew, other than from Shameless, uh, Cameron um, Monaghan, Monahan. Monahan. how many people knew him before he was on Gotham as Jerome slash what we hope is the Joker? We'll get to that a little, little bit later on in Nerd News. How many people knew about him? Not many. So when you saw that name, but what well, you didn't know it was the Joker at the time, but when you saw that name, you probably went, who? Unless you watched Same, unless you have no idea who this kid is. I'm sorry. So this is one of those things where it might just work out, and we just need to find out more about this kid. Obviously, like you've said in the past in the shows, Nick, they saw something in him. Yeah. They obviously saw something in him in this audition that made them go, you know what? This kid's Nightcrawler.
0: Maybe he is. You know, when it comes to X-Men films, Fox has gotten it right, except for, of course, Last Stand. Right. But, but the thing is, is like, I trust them when it comes to this, especially when you're going younger, you when this is what happens when you go younger in a film series, you're going to get those people, those kids and those younger, those young adults that people might not know much about. Mm. And the thing is, like I said, he was, he was in the road and he was let me in, you know, and the thing is, apocalypse is gonna be a dark film. The road is a very dark film. Yeah. Uh, for people who don't know it's without it, you know, it, that's a thing. Uh, so, it, it, it's, I, I'm i excited for this. I want to see how he does. Now, we get to the Cudmore story. I'm not shocked that he's not coming back as Colossus.
1: I'm not either. We also want to point out that uh, Marina Bakarin is actually cast as the female lead in Deadpool as well. Of course, you know her as Dr. Tompkins on... Um as you know from Firefly, and Dr. Tompkins on Gotham. So she'll be in this movie as well. But I'm not surprised that he's not coming back either. I think that this was just more of a internet, let's stir up a little bit of of something here and see if we can get him in this movie. I'm not even sure it fits, to be honest.
0: Well, the thing with him, I well, remember when you look at Colossus, he hasn't really had any speaking roles. That's the thing. When you look back on the past movies, he hasn't really said anything. He's just turned into a Colossus and just fought somebody. That's pretty much right. it. Um, so again, it's not a big loss. I don't think, I think you can find somebody, you know, the thing is, is the, 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 from what I'm hearing, the script that's going around with Deadpool is that it was supposed to be kind of like a buddy cop kind of thing with him and Colossus, mm-hmm. um, which I hope it's not, that um, would not,
1: that would not have worked. No, actually, if you asked me, that would not have worked at all. And
0: so I think they're probably redoing that and, 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 you know, going to the, I don't even think they're going to do the whole, um, Origin story. I think they're going to do just he's already Deadpool and this oh, is yeah. just it. Yeah,
1: they're uh, going to have to jump right in, otherwise, they're going to lose people.
0: Yeah. So, a positive replacement if they were going to do Colossus later in this movie, in, a, in, in the uh, uh, franchise, Army Hammer. Because if you've seen the man from Uncle trailer, he plays a Russian and he plays him pretty damn good. Yeah, Army Hammer is a pretty good. I would cast him in a villain role as well, and he's you
1: know he seems like he could be a formidable guy if if it was done correctly. So yeah, why not? Let's put Army Hammer in there. I just think that uh, what you say was my concern about the Deadpool movie is that they would make it some sort of a buddy cop type of a vibe, and I'm still a little bit nervous about that. Yeah, that that's the route that they might go. I mean, Deadpool. Obviously, you're way more of an authority on Deadpool than I am, but from the impression that I get. There's a lot of humor there. There's a lot of, there's a lot of not necessarily gore, but there's a lot of violent action there. If they go the buddy cop route, like the team up comic that I read between Deadpool and Captain America, where it had that very buddy cop vibe, mm-hmm. I liked it, but at the same time, I'm like, this is a little corny. And I know that this isn't really, truly what Deadpool is like.
0: No. And the thing is now, here's the thing. classes. I don't think he should be in the first movie uh, because they're coming out with more characters, more characters each day. Of people people were being cast. And I think that he'll get just get lost in the fold. Be one of those with too many characters in a sense. I'm more interested seeing how they do Cable because Cable is a yes. much more, much more important, way role more important in Deadpool.
1: That is the one that they need to get right. Other than Deadpool himself, that is the one they need to get right. Either in this movie or in an upcoming Deadpool movie after this, assuming they even get to make a second one. Yeah, you've got you better get this right because they're already a slashed budget as it is. For this first Deadpool movie, so imagine the money it's going to have to make to get a second one.
0: And here's the thing, um, you know, get Deadpool right first, like get 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 this movie off the ground and get it going, get it good. Then, if you want to bring an X Force later, do that. Yeah, you cannot it do it now. it now.
1: You cannot do it now. I totally agree. It has to be, and it's you know what? They might even go. You do Deadpool first, right? And then go X Force after that. Just yeah. make an X Force movie and put Deadpool in it. Yeah, you could always do that. So I don't think you need to rush it either. If you want to do like an end teaser or maybe an end credit with a cable type thing, there, I think that's fine. If you want to do that, or you know, some sort of a um, some sort of a cameo, that's fine too. But I agree, if you don't get Deadpool right, title character right then you're just, you're not going to get a chance to have cable or X-Force.
0: Exactly. So, I mean, like I said, you know, we had that, that photo of Ryan Reynolds tweeted out of the, the Deadpool's part of the Deadpool suit, you know, and again, until I see a trailer, like I know people are being cast, a but real trailer, I, a real trailer. Until I see a real trailer, I'm very iffy about it. I want it to happen. Trust me. I really want it to happen. But I, until I see a trailer, I'm a bit skeptical, but Going on to our final story, James. We mentioned him earlier, actually. Uh, Cameron Monaghan was introduced as Jerome, and he actually went up being the Joker. Why do I say that? A, because if you didn't see this week's Gotham, go you know after the show, go on Hulu and watch it because my God, does he is he great? And second, he released some sketches on Instagram when he first read the script of uh, you know sketches he did of what you know someone looked like the Joker.
1: Yeah, and I got to tell you, when this kid flips the switch in the interrogation room, I got chills, man. I mean, it was just that good. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Because before you're like, yeah, he kind of looks like the Joker. And okay, I see they're setting up the whole carnival vibe. But you know, the way he was kind of this aw shucks kind of kid at first, I'm like, okay, is this really what they're going to do? And right. then the head slowly raises with that smile. And I went, oh, wow. <laughs> and I got to tell you, the way he was able to embody pretty much every Joker, including Mark Hamill, was just incredible. So either this kid's a really good actor or this was a really good script or both because just the mannerisms and the voice and the laugh, it was, it
0: all worked, man. And, that, and that's the thing is like, I watch shameless and I like him on that show. Um, of course it's different than what he does on shameless, but, uh, no, the, the, the scene where he's being interrogated and we actually, and again, we're in, this is a spoiler. When you find out like, is the fortune teller, his father And we actually, could this be like an actual origin that we have finally with the Joker that we never got before? I want that. I'm sorry. I know that some people complain, oh, what makes him so great is the fact that we don't know what his origin is. Who says that even is his actual origin? Because remember, if you you watch The Dark Knight, there are many different stories that Ledger tells on how he got those scars. So he might not be right in the head. And the thing is, his mom had a, a dual affair pretty much with a, a carnival person who was a clown. So right. that could be why he takes the clown persona. You know, and again, that when he does that laugh and just the whole my father, you know, or my mother was a you know was a whore and everything else. And I'm just like, oh my God, I am scared right now. Like it I was It was the way he
1: was talking like this, the way Ledger did in The Dark Knight, that really sold it for me. The way he was, it was that fragmented type of speech. And he said that she just kept nagging and stuff like that. It was like, yeah, I'm in. I am all in, and I got to tell you, I know that the, uh, the the people that work on Gotham has said before, well, you know, we're going to give you a lot of teases with the Joker. You're going to think maybe it's him, maybe it's him. It's to the point now, if this kid's not the Joker, <laughs> Gotham's going to get canceled because nobody's <laughs> going to watch it anymore. And they, they they got it so right that I'm not even sure they meant to do this. Right. I can't be sure they meant to do this because now they've put themselves in a position Where if this kid's not the Joker, it's over for Gotham. I don't care how good the show is. People are going to revolt. You think the whole ghost in the shell thing was bad? This'll be worse if this kid doesn't end up being the Joker.
0: Yeah, the thing is, is like I said, he has the laugh down or some parts, some lines he said that remind you of Nicholson a little bit. And Oh yeah. And it was just but it was really great. Like to see him just flip to go from tearing one moment. To flipping the switch to next and going mm-hmm. totally insane, and now the thing is, when you go with this, oh, uh, okay, how many shows is he going to be in? He's not going to be a recurring character. Odds are, I think the way that he's going to be is, I think he's old enough for Arkham. I think he's going to go to Arkham or at least put it in isolation in you know uh, a prison, Blackgate, and he'll go there and he'll be the Hannibal Lecter for James Gordon in a sense.
1: I actually think what's going to end up happening is, um, I have no inside information at all. I do think that he'll go to Arkham or he'll go to actual prison. And what's going to happen is, is something's going to happen with the Red Hood gang. He's going to end up breaking out of prison or getting, there's going to be some sort of a jailbreak and he's going to get out or, or a break at uh, Arkham. Because remember one thing that we know about the Joker potentially is that he was part of the Red Hood Gang at one point. So if they were de- if they decided to go that route and go with that part of the origin, making the Red Hood Gang break him out and then sort of he becomes, as a young man, engulfed in the Red Hood Gang, that could
0: work. Exactly. You know, so again, we'll see how it goes from there. I think there's something with the Red Hood Gang, I do believe next week's episode actually deals with the Red Hood Gang, so we'll see. And he is credited in that episode, by the way. Well, that's going to do it for Nerd News this week. Coming up, it's our main topic. Are we talking about which things in geek culture could use a Lazarus Pit, a.k.a. a revival and being reborn? That's coming up next. Our main topic, say two more down nerdy, coming up next. Well, there's been a lot of talk about the Lazarus Pit over the few weeks, whether it was
1: going to be used on Arrow, of course, you know, it wasn't. But got us to thinking about the whole Lazarus pit idea and what things in geek culture might actually need to be resurrected or rebooted with its own Lazarus pit. So Nick, I'm going to let you go first. I think we both got kind of a list. Maybe we've got some of the same stuff. Maybe we don't. We'll see. So what is your first thing on your list? If you could drag anything from geek culture through the Lazarus pit, bring it back to life. What would it be?
0: Okay. So as we all know, I'm a big power Rangers fan. Now it isn't power Rangers, but it's similar I'm going with the Mystic Knights of Tir-Nanog. Now, do you know what that is, James? Oh, what the hell is that? It's Power Rangers, but in medieval times, and each of the knights have control over a certain element. So pretty much it's Clapton Planet but without the environmental message.
1: Alrighty, so uh, we need to make that better then, for sure.
0: (laughs) No, seriously, like, without making jokes, it's literally like... Medieval Power Rangers, but with elements. It was pretty badass. Actually, that's
1: interesting. I see. I'd be. I think I'd be more interested in that than Power Rangers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not that no. I
1: hated Power Rangers, just wh- that wasn't my era.
0: But no, that's just. I mean, we all know the that medieval stuff is pretty much it's it's big now. Oh, Game and it's in my wheelhouse
1: too, man. Whoa.
0: Yeah, Game of Thrones and Zelda coming up, and everything else. Medieval and Galvant and you know medieval time stuff. It's in, so why not bring back the Mystic Knights of Tir Na They actually had their own SpaghettiOs, James. Really? Yes. Wow. And It was a Fox show. It was on Fox Kids, actually.
1: Interesting. I, I never even know that they had their own SpaghettiOs. And you
0: had, and the thing is, you had these. Th- it was three nights. You had. You know, the Blue Knight, the Red Knight, and you had this, like, Silver White Knight, pretty much. So the Blue Knight, of course, had a trident for a weapon. Of course, he controlled water. The Red one controlled fire. And the other one was more of, like, Earth and air, pretty much.
1: So it was basically them trying to capitalize on the whole Power Rangers craze without actually being Power Rangers. It's like they're the Go-Bots of the Power Rangers realm, basically. They're not
0: really the Go-Bots. The Go-Bots, to me, were VR Troopers because that dealt with more, like video reality it's a different dimensions stuff like that we must bail these people um but mystic knights of ternanoga is pretty much like their own thing but yeah it's it's they it draws a little bit from power rangers it draws a little bit I'll say you, know, you don't like it it draws a little bit from captain plant because the whole elements thing right um but it does a much better job like it's really really awesome the way the armors look it's awesome um i i would definitely want to see this come back uh some shape or form uh so that's my first choice now what's yours james
1: Uh, I got a little bit serious with my first one. Uh, My first one that I would drag through the Lazarus pit is Nintendo in general. Okay. I think that we're just waiting for that pinnacle of a company, that pinnacle of a system for video game nerds to come back to life and stop relying on the same three video game titles over and over and over again. And maybe E3 was a little bit of a start with that. But they need to just... I'm not saying they've got to do what Sony does and what Microsoft does. It's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying they need some sort of a fresh perspective. They need some sort of a let's just start from scratch kind of thing because the consoles that they are that they have, they're not that popular even though Wii U's trying to get some sort of a rebirth. The game titles they have are just too... almost too kiddish. You've got to find that middle ground. And I think that... If they just decided to take a critical step back and say, you know what, we've got this audience, why don't we go for everyone by trying to offer a few things that appeal to everyone? Because I think that that's something that Sony and Microsoft don't do as well. And Nintendo, this is their chance that if they do a nice relaunch, we drag them through the Lazarus pit, they find a way to appeal to everyone like they used to when they first started. I think that they could really seriously make a comeback.
0: Yeah, I, I I think with Nintendo, the thing is, I think they do need a reboot. Um, this isn't my second one, by the way, but I'm just building on what you just said. But yeah, they they you know the thing is, I think they've kind of lost their way when it comes to the home entertainment. It's, you know, we said on the show previously that they should you know focus more on the handheld aspect and, the, and yeah. stuff like that because that's where they mostly thrive. Um, but the thing is, if you want to go back to the home market, you know. Again, it, it comes down to how much of a family, you know, industry do you want to be? You know, yeah, I mean,
1: it's like they said. Well, we've got kids and families. Let's just go with that and forget everything else.
0: No, why not do it all? And the and the problem is when you here's the problem with the kids market. Kids market, the kids grow up. Yeah, you need to be a market or a company that grows with. Your, your your supporters and your fans you know you can't say okay we're gonna target kids and when those kids reach the age of 10 we're going gonna focus on this, go back to you know the four-year-olds and stuff like that and when they go back to 10 we'll focus on more four-year-olds and up you got to be continuous you have to have consistency because you got to make people want to come back and stay with you
1: not only that but kids want to play the games that daddy's playing and the big brother and big sister are playing so they want it. They're 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 ready for these games now earlier and earlier. Mm-hmm. So if you as a company are not like you said growing with your consumer, then you're always going to have the same income stream, which for them right now is not great. So I don't see why you wouldn't try to take a critical step back and maybe do a complete relaunch.
0: Yep. So my second thing needs to be, I to see rebooted, and it still goes in with video games. Uh, but Crash Bandicoot.
1: Yeah, that I think that's a long time coming.
0: Um, because the thing is, you know, we haven't had a good crash game, really a crash game at all, since the racing game, and that was years ago. Yeah. And you know, the crash game was awesome. The series was great because the story was awesome. And the thing was, you know, it was really the first time you actually played a game like you know, like a platform like Crash, where you could see the front of the character because that was actually a big yeah. problem when. That was a big problem when he was first introduced was, okay, earlier parts of the game, it's like, well, we only see the bag of them. Well, they said, okay, that's why we have the scenes where you're being chased by stuff and where it goes into the side and stuff like that. Mm. Um, so I think Crash Bandicoot is something that I think Sony, uh, people say if you look hard enough, you can see in one of these PlayStation 4 ads, like the very first ones, you see that, that mask flying around so you, mm. a little bit for a quick second. So maybe they're doing something with Crash. I don't know. And the think I want to be kind of piggyback with Sonic uh, or with uh, Nintendo a little bit is I don't want to see rivals on the same platform. Like You know how hard it is to see a Sonic game on the Wii? I I could not agree more on that. It's I could like not why? agree
1: more. It, it's the, what made them great, and this goes for a lot of different things, and this is the same thing for Marvel and DC. What makes them great is they are... Competition with each other makes them better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: People don't understand how important competition is for making people better. And when you see Sonic and Mario, there was always kind of like that hidden, you know, tension between Sega people and Nintendo people. Well, I think Sonic is better. Well, screw you. I think Mario is better. And it's the it was the Xbox versus PS, PS4 version of our era Was was that back then. So... To take that away and pull a Vince McMahon buying WCW and to have Sonic on a Nintendo platform, it is kind of sad. I agree, even though I love them both. <laughs> it's hard to see that for me because it's like, wait a minute, this is it's still not right to me.
0: So what's your number two?
1: My number two, we have got to resurrect and bring back Thundercats. Where is my Thundercats movie? I know that there was kind of a rumor thing that was going on. I know they had a TV series in 2011 that didn't really pan out. Give me a real Thundercats. It could be live action. It could be another animated series, an animated movie, anything. I just want Lion-O and Cheetra and Panthro and Tiger. I want those people back in my life because Um, I was a big Thundercats fan.
0: Well, you pretty much, you need snarf. That's what you really want. You want your, you want your son to grow up in, with, with some snarf in his life, don't you? Played by Peter Dinklage. Uh, <laughs> I'm picturing, now I'm actually picturing him in the, in the suit.
1: It's hilarious. This, this has got good idea written all over it. I'm just telling you. <laughs> you remember when Brad Pitt was rumored to play Lino? Yes. in The supposed Thundercats movie that just didn't end up happening? I'm actually kind of glad that didn't happen because I could not see that at all. Yeah, but I'm not even saying that they have to do a movie. Why couldn't they do a live action series on like TNT or something or even CW could do it? I don't care who does it. I just think that this is this is a property that could be popular in this in this day and age in this era. Like you said, it's kind of got this whole medieval slash superhero thing kind of going for it. Not exactly medieval, but you know, what I'm saying it's that otherworldly crap that people are into right now. It could really work.
0: Well, I mean, you do have your Masters of the Universe, you know, movie uh, coming up. Yes. You're excited about that. So happy. It's why about not, time. Why not go first full circle? So my third, my, my third thing that needs a reboot, The Incredible Hulk. Now, I'm not talking oh, about... Oh, yes, please. Now, I'm not talking about the movie, Hulks. I'm talking Comic
1: Hulk. I knew that's where you were going, and I could not agree more. Movie Hulk is perfect. Comic Hulk, help me.
0: Yes, um, so... As you all know, Wade started off the whole Hulk series and it got up to okay a really rough start. Then they corrected the then they corrected the big wrong, and then Gary Dugan comes in and they changed the whole persona of him completely. Where it's like because when you read the synopsis of what Dugan was going to do in his run, which is going on now, you're like, okay, cool. The Hulk's gonna go after other like gamma people, like other gamma beings. Awesome, great. But then you find out, he actually is like, no, I want to cure you and not make you a Gamma person. Pretty much you took him and made him a big green hypocrite, pretty much.
1: Yeah, and uh, Doc Green, yeah,
0: screw you. Yeah. That is not working. Yeah, you can't say, hey, here's a new Hulk comic, but call your main character, instead of he's the Hulk, to Doc Green. No. No, no, no. I know they've got the
1: whole you know, Bruce Banner-Hulk struggle that's going on, and that's fine, but it's not like, well, they're coexisting now, so let's just call him Doc Green because it's the best of both worlds. No, because
0: that's stupid. And the thing is, like, I read, you know, Hulk versus Thanos and stuff like that, and it's a totally different Hulk than we have in the actual Hulk run, so they're not the same. You know what I'm saying? Like, Right, I mean, if you want to do a separate, like, Doc Green,
1: like, as a completely separate series, that's fine. But I think what you're saying is,
0: Give me the real Hulk back. Yeah, now I know there's Savage Hulk, but the art is just doesn't. This was sad. It's like the Hulk, the the Dugan stuff has amazing art. Savage Hulk, not so much. You know, I it's mean, funny
1: that um, on Comic Book Men this past weekend they were actually talking about the Hulk because somebody brought up brought in the uh, first issue, uh, first appearance of Rocket Raccoon in the comics, and it's in a Hulk comic. Mm-hmm. And they had a whole discussion about how the most valuable Hulk issues have nothing to do with the Hulk at all. It's (laughs) first appearance of Wolverine, first appearance of Rocket Raccoon now. So it's like, what does that say about the Hulk in comics?
0: By the way that you talked, I'm glad you actually brought up the first appearance of Wolverine because I have that comic cover as a steel plate on my nerd wall.
1: Yes, and it has nothing to do with the Hulk at all, really. (laughs) And it wasn't even a good comic from what I remember. So, I mean, think about that. So this it's just screaming for you know they're saying why don't we have a hulk movie why don't we have this why don't we? because for some reason they just can't seem to get the hulk right in any platform on his own right Ruffalo could probably pull it off i'm not saying he couldn't but especially th- in the comics what are we doing with i the think hulk? And that's the,
0: and that's the thing cuz you, now you got to remember this too if they when they do when marvel the formula they've been doing when they give somebody their own film it also means they're going to get their new comic so that's why I think part of the reason is we haven't had a Hulk movie yet because I think Marvel's not really impressed with the Hulk run enough, the current one, to want to move forward with an own movie to have some sort of stuff to pull upon and stuff like that. See,
1: and and this is something they can actually control. Yeah. You know what I mean? They haven't been able to control the fate of the Fantastic Four and some of their other characters that they sold off. Now, this is something that's in their control. This is something that they can do the way they want to do it. So, I'll be very interested to see if that one actually comes to pass. So, so what?
0: Yeah, so what's your next thing?
1: My next one, and I hate to do these back-to-back. Actually, you know what? I'm going to switch these two around. Because these are in no particular order. Because I don't want to do the same sort of thing back-to-back. Okay. The next thing I would drag through the Lazarus Pit and resurrect? Double Dare. Yes! Let's bring back friggin' Double Dare the way it used to be done. I want the physical challenges. I want the trivia. I want to find that damn flag again. Because think about the stuff that they could do with all the technology that we have now. The stuff that they could build. The stuff that you'd have to do on that final round. Are you kidding me? Dude,
0: no, not just Double Dare. I'm glad you brought technology. Bring back Nick Arcade with the, with the and Legends of Hidden Temple. Imagine yes. what the technologies we have now.
1: Exactly, and not to mention, think about Double Dare for specifically for a second. It brought families together. Yes. You had to work together as a family. It's like I hate what your-
0: are we. What are we doing? Bring this back now. Imagine before the show. I hate you, Dad. I hate you. At the end of the show, congratulations, Smith family. You're all going to space camp.
1: Right, exactly. So, I mean, in a time where we're, we're, you know, it's the whole, you know, technology is destroying the family dynamic, and we're all on our smartphones and stuff like that, and we need something to bring families back together. Two words, double dare brings families together.
0: Bring it Uh, back, Nickelodeon. One of my favorite things, you know, this is kind of an off story, but in 1998, I went to actually to my first time to Orlando. I went to Disney World, my mom, but we also went to Nickelodeon Studios, like the actual Nickelodeon Studios, which of course looks like to be an abandoned building right now, which is sad. Um, But it's it was awesome. Like I met Danny Tamborelli. We got to taste slime. It was amazing. You you actually tasted slime. It was amazing. It tasted really
1: awesome. Really? Yeah.
0: That's interesting. I didn't know that that was an option, actually. I'm still I'm a little well, bit a tour you took. It was a tour you took. And the reason why Danny a showed up was because they were just getting ready to to a figure it out, like, for that day. a uh, okay, got so it. So he showed up It's kind of like, hey, guys, I'm on this tour. And of course, we all went nuts. And yeah, they brought people up, they brought kids up, and you got to taste slime.
1: That's wild. I'm I'm glad you had the guts to do that because I mean it's still called slime,
0: so. Oh, it was delicious. As you never goal, really know. That was like your ultimate goal as a kid, to get slimed. Or, oh, of course it was. Yes. Or, or if you're on, what would you do? Do the whole pie pod or the pie coaster or the pie slide. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So, yeah. Bring back the 90s Nickelodeon shows. Now, my next thing is, speaking of shows, bring back the Resurrect, the Super Mario show. Yes. But not make it so crappy. Yes, but it was still,
1: for being crappy, it was still so good. Yeah, I still loved it. I don't even
0: care. It's on Netflix, the Super Mario Super Show. It's on Netflix. It was Netflix. still good. You'd be hooked on the brothers. How can you not love that? I'm <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, don't make it live action. Make it animated. Like, but bring it back. You know, that would be awesome, you know? And I mean,
1: with the technology that they have, again, with the way cartoons are being made, even though I hate the new Garfield show... The Cartoon Network has. Yeah. If you did it in that vein and did that kind of animation, I think you could really have something very cool. I think kids would love it.
0: Well, that's the thing. is That's the way most animation is going nowadays. And the thing is, because he's he's been 3D since 1996. That was when Super Mario yeah. 64 came out. Um, I think it was 96 or 98. Uh, and... Yeah, since they did that, yeah, fine. Make it a 3D Super Mario show, you know, like that, you know, with 3D animation. Okay, cool. Um, But, yeah, do that. Uh, You know, that'd be really awesome. So my next thing that I would resurrect,
1: and the reason I tried to do this out of order, is I think they need to drag Voltron through the Lazarus pit.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Because Transformers, let's face it, it's not going so well right now. And I'm not saying it's the same thing, but Voltron is Transformers meets Power Rangers. Mm -hmm. And how could you not capitalize on that in this day and age? We are, people have been begging for Power Rangers to come back in some sort of capacity forever. And Transformers, well, it's the movies aren't great. They make a crap ton of money. So combine the two best of both worlds, get a nice young cast in there. And make it work, because I'm looking at a Voltron movie in my head right now, Mm -hmm. and and I'm not okay. I mean, it's just, I I see it visually being that good. It's like Pacific Rim and friggin' Power Rangers had a baby or something, (laughs) and that's going to be Voltron. I know I said Transformers, but I think Pacific Rim, maybe that's a little bit better. I wouldn't even be upset if they decide to do animated movies. Just to start off, just you know, you dip your toe in the water with an animated feature, mm-hmm. see how that works out for you, kind of like DC's been doing with their animated movies. Let's see how interested people are going to be in this. Make an animated Voltron movie and see what happens. I know that the show only ran three seasons, but let's face it, it had a cult following back in the 80s. People are still interested in it today. It is definitely viable for kids of this stage and they, i'm not even sure if you know this they actually had a comic back mm-hmm. in 1985 there was a voltron comic and then there was something else that happened i think early 2000s or something so there's just so many ways you could bring back voltron i can't believe that even in comic form somebody like idw hasn't jumped at the chance to maybe try a voltron comic
0: what could what's what have you got to lose exactly my point so my last thing, and, you know, we mentioned, like, the arcades and all like that, but I'm glad you actually mentioned Voltron because it ties into my last thing I want to resurrect. I like to resurrect Toonami. Okay. Know? Yeah, um, I know what that is. For pe- okay, so if you don't know what Toonami was, it was pretty much this block of programming. Uh, I believe it ran, I don't know the exact years, but I know for the times, it ran, from, I believe, from, like, 4 p.m. to, like, 6 p.m.? It, like, it was a couple hours long. Yeah. And it showed anime. Um, and it showed Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon and Gundam and you know and all the other good stuff. Bring that back. Now, Granted, you're not going to bring back Gundam. You're not going to bring back Dragon Ball Z. But hey, bring it back and have like, Attack on Titan and all this other stuff. You know, whatever. Yeah, why not? Something that's a little bit edgier. Yeah. Um, and do that. That would be really, really awesome I think. Uh, so bring back Toonami.
1: You know what? I had something else written down yep. in the last one. Screw that. I'm switching it. Based on something that you just said. Okay. Because this is the perfect way to end it out. I think I would drag through the Lazarus pit and resurrect something that we have talked about in the past. I think it bears repeating Saturday morning cartoons. Yes. A legit network programmed Saturday morning cartoon block. My God, stop destroying the childhoods of future generations and give us Saturday morning cartoons back because look at how great those of us turned out who had Saturday morning cartoons. Look how wonderful the world was when you could grow up with Saturday morning cartoons. We don't have that anymore, really. Not really. I know they sort of try. They half-ass it. Now, let's do it legitimately. Give me characters that I know. And let's put them on on Saturday morning on a network channel. I'm not talking about Nickelodeon. I'm talking about CBS, Fox. Hey, Fox, you do animation domination, or at least you used to. Why not do that on Saturday morning? What the hell else are you doing on Saturday morning? Nothing.
0: Right. And, I mean, Boomerang's awesome. But, again, it's one of those paid channels you got to pay extra for. And...
1: and it's a premium package channel, too. I mean, yeah. I know we have it. And there's, like, a special package that you need to get to pay extra for. Yeah, that's why I'm saying. And Boomerang is great for, for nostalgia purposes, but, I mean, you've got to have new cartoons to keep the tradition going, or at least resurrections of older cartoons. And that's a great way to resurrect a lot of different stuff at the same time. Just, I don't understand how this is a lose for a network.
0: Yeah, exactly. I don't understand how
1: this is a bad thing, or how this wouldn't work.
0: Just do it. Just do it. And that's the thing, is, like, when I mean, you look at, at you know... The way that this is going with Saturday morning cartoons, there's a story that came out. What was it uh, a few months ago where it said there was a Saturday? I forgot the date, but it was the first Saturday where there was no cartoons in that morning. I
1: remember that. That that makes me sad. I mean, that makes my that makes my heart hurt. It's not. My, it's time. I'm gonna get a bowl of feelings.
0: <laughs> get out that bowl Go of feelings. On, it's,
1: it's my first my first ever bowl of feelings. It might taste like slime.
0: Well, well, no. Bec- well, remember use uh, some of your. Uh, you know, some milk and you know, it'll, 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 you know, drown it out.
1: It, it's sad that how is that, how did this go so wrong? Where did this go, go astray? I don't even remember anymore.
0: Can I say something? I think I know where, where, and I'm not gonna lie. I know we said with the Mario show, we do this, but I think the 3D art form.
1: Yeah, maybe, got that, rid maybe of that. that's it. Maybe that's it. What's wrong with regular animation? I think that DC has proved that doing animation the regular way works pretty well.
0: But here's the thing though, it's easier now to get guys or people around a computer and make a show that's 3D animated than to get get people to come in and work week to week uh, to make a 20 or 15 minute cartoon that was hand drawn storyboard.
1: Well, I'm not even saying you have to hand draw, you can still do a lot of computer animation, but it doesn't necessarily need to be 3D animation. I mean, take a guy like Bruce Timm. Yeah. What he did with uh, the Batman animated series and stuff like that. Why can't we do it in that vein? Actually, Bruce Timm was on my list of people we need to resurrect. We need to bring that guy in and have him do something. I know he's working on, uh, I think it's Gods and Monsters for for uh, DC and animated film coming up. But that, Other than that Batman short that he had last year, it's been a while since we've seen Bruce Timm do anything yeah. that was in the animation realm. He, I, I think he's done some comic stuff, but... We need to bring that guy back and have him do anything because I love that guy's animation. I love his art. I think he needs to be doing something.
0: And we want you guys, the fans, to post on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash nerdy. Let us know what are the five things you would like to bring back to Lazarus Pit and Geek Culture. That's going to do it for this week's show. So, as always, you can reach us on social media. Again, facebook.com slash nerdy, uh, On Twitter at downnerdy757. Gmail Donnerty podcast at gmail.com. Send us your questions. Again, if you want to be part of the Great Nerd Debate, let us know and let us know what part you want to be, you know, a question you want to be a part of and what side you'd like to be on. Um, and also, you can also get me on Twitter at Merkle one arm, James.
1: I'm at James Ace with him. And we want to spe- specify one more time, our live show is going to be this coming Wednesday. That's February the 25th, Dave and Buster's Virginia Beach at the Lynn Haven Mall. It's going to start at 7 p.m. The Half Price Gaming, all night long at Dave & Buster's. Plus, like Nick said, we'll have the Great Nerd Debate. All the other great stuff, that you know from our show. The guys from Tidewater Comic-Con are going to be there. Mike Federale is going to give us an update on the May show. And of course we're always going to have our regular segment. That's like what we're reading brought to you by fantasy escape comics and cards in Virginia beach. We'll have that. We'll have nerd news, all the stuff that you love. It's going to be a great time. We're going to have prizes brought to you by Dave and busters. We got something special that hopefully we can break on the page, uh, in the next day or two about a special prize that we're going to be giving out as well for one of the great nerd debate things. So it's going to be a really fun time. We're really looking forward to having some of you come out and have you on the show while
0: we're there as well. And as always, I leave it with this nerds. Pray to save comic book reading. Always bag and board your comics.